In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet that actually had to Google whether there was a pay-per-view this weekend. I am your host, Detective Mark Sparks, and I'm joined by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm I'm swell. Um, and interestingly enough, yeah, that that that's two of us, because <laughs> literally called you and went, uh... I'm driving right now. Am I supposed to be watching a pay-per-view? I feel like I feel like maybe Clash of Champions is right now while I'm driving. Fortunately. Yep. Fortunately, there was not. Either that or we're gonna release this and look like really stupid heads. I'm gonna put it out there. Yeah, tomorrow like, morning oh. when my news feed loads up with Oh my <laughs> gosh, did you see Jay Uso beat Roman? <laughs> like, son of a bitch. <laughs> now we look like really idiots. Damn. It's re-record tonight, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yes. No, it's September 27th is Clash of Champions. So next Sunday. Next Sunday. And then that at said. Yes. At least exciting. <laughs> according to the list I'm looking at, I'm gonna have to look up because I think they're they're missing something here. Um no, I guess that's right there. So, uh, September 27th, Class of Champions, TakeOver October 4th, um, and then October 25th, Hell in a Cell. Oh, my Lord. Why are they doing that? Well, um, I did hear something. Originally, Hell in a Cell was supposed to take place the following weekend. What's that put it? Like, November 2nd, I think. Um, but their deal with... more time to develop Survivor Series? No. Their deal with... Um, uh, the Orlando, Florida stadium that they're currently doing the Thunderdome in ends the end of no of October. So uh, they decided to move Hell in a Cell a week earlier so that they could do it at the Thunderdome, and then that gives them an additional month to find a new place for Survivor Series. So I guess makes sort of sense. You'll have to excuse me if, that every time somebody says Thunderdome, I immediately do not go to Madame Max. I go to La La La. No, I go to Mad Max, the Master Blaster, because I always thought that was the funniest name in all of movies. Master Blaster, that's supposed to be badass. All of sports entertainment. The Master Blaster. Anyways. But uh, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and get back to the podcast. We're pretty ADD tonight, so um, yeah. I think we need some riddle in. Hey, what's Probably up? Probably best that JLB is not here with us. Yeah, it, his education apparently made him too tired to come do a fake wrestling podcast. Well, it's a real podcast. Yeah, it's just it's about fake wrestling. fake wrestling. Yes, a fake wrestling podcast. Not a uh, fake yeah. wrestling podcast. Yeah, your, your comma placement was a little bit off there. I get it. Yeah, I, I placed no commas. You put the commas in your head, so it's all in your head where the comma placement was. You know where comma really belongs? On a chameleon. Comma, 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 chameleon. I was actually going to stick with wrestling there. I was going to go with the nation of domination. <laughs> we are the nation 
of domination. I don't know. Has there been a wrestler who's had more gimmicks than the Godfather? Well, Stevie Richards, even Stevie Richards got to be Stevie Richards all the time. You know, different characters, but it was still Stevie Richards. John Tenta would be close. Might be up there. I think he only had two, though, didn't he? Maybe he had three. It might be Um, three right along. It all depends on if you count outside of uh, WWE. Because WCW, he was Shark, right? uh, He was Shark. He was um, Avalanche. Uh, He was. Earthquake, of course. Yeah, Earthquake. He at one point was called. Yeah. He was at one point called the Canadian. Uh, oh, Gargoyle? he was, uh, he was in the, he was in the, uh, oh, what are they called? The, was Kurgan. Um, he was Gorum or Golem or something like that. Golga. No, the, oddity, oddity. the oddities. Yep. yep. Um, Kotenta and Kotenzan when he, uh, wrestled in sumo. So we can say those don't count for... Because it was a real sport. It was a real sport. But that still puts him at one, two, three, four, five, six, plus as wrestling as John Tenta as seven. Um, so and I'm... keep in mind, that's counting because uh, he wrestled as Earthquake and Earthquake Evans. Um, so I'm counting those still as one. So yeah. theoretically... I think that this is a good early challenge before we get into all the booking about what this is to our jury. If you can think of a wrestler who's had more gimmicks, because the Godfather, if you count Goodfather, has four with Papa Shango, Godfather, Goodfather, and uh, and uh, what, what a comma, comma Mustafa. I can't think of any others for him. Was he in the ministry at all? I don't think he was. Mm, I don't know. Anyway. Culture has a list. Uh, Kevin Sullivan apparently has had 10 different gimmicks. Yeah, they're all Kevin Sullivan, though. Well, the Taskmaster was technically not Kevin Sullivan. It was the yeah. Taskmaster. But, yeah, apparently, uh, when you're the leader of the varsity club, two years later, you can suddenly... The, uh, the game... You crazy you start killing people. The masked Lucifer. Don't give everybody the answers. He was also the great wizard that was in control of Oz, played by Kevin Nash. Oh, my lord. Uh, ah, okay. Think of somebody other than John Tenta that had good gimmicks. Good gimmicks. More than four of them. That rules out Barry Darso. Because <laughs> Kevin Sullivan's weren't all good. Yeah, according, fact, most according, of them were to, pretty bad. according to this list, Charles Wright had 10 total gimmicks. This one, oh, really? So Godfather uh, might be the most. It, it counts Goodfather as technically different than Godfather. Because it kind of was. Although I would argue that the Goodfather was still just the Godfather who put turned a uh, new leaf on life. Sure. Um, so it'd be nine. Uh, t- what else was there? I've moved past that, so uh, we can we can um, Dustin Rhodes. Ooh, that could be close because he has seven. He has Dustin Reynolds. He has Dustin Rhodes. He has which Dustin Reynolds is or Reynolds? No, Dustin Rhodes is the natural, right? Mm-hmm. And Gold Dust. Nah, that's it though, isn't it? According to this, there are eleven. What? 
So given us like four different. Well, that's where there's there's a bunch of different because he was the natural Dustin Rhodes. He was the Lone Star Dustin Rhodes. He at one point wrestled as Dusty Rhodes Jr. Uh, but then he also was Gold Dust and the artist formerly known as Gold Dust, which I would argue doesn't count as a separate gimmick myself. Yeah, that, that again, Prince wasn't two different people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course Seven, and then um, Black Rain in TNA. I forgot about Black Rain. Yep. So, um, seven. Oof. How many matches did Seven win? Zero. How many matches? Zero. Zero. Drop that gimmick like a bad habit. Uh, I am astonished that Bischoff didn't cut off his mic. Astonished. Um, so I, uh, I think technically, that was a, I don't think that was a work. Yeah. According to this, Glenn Jacobs has twelve separate gimmicks. That's uh, one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two were really memorable. Three. So Isaac Yankum, uh, Fake Diesel. And Kane uh, are the three Kane. memorable ones. Um, but he also at one point was uh, Angus King. Um, he at one point wrestled as Doomsday and the Christmas Creature. I did know that. I um, did Christmas Creature. Yeah. Oh, poor guy. Uh, he did a single match in WCW under the name Bruiser Mestino. Um, and then he wrestled in some places as his... Uh, own name, like independent under his own name, and then he was the Unabom in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Uh, Good lord! Uh, and then he got it. So they they're saying he's had twelve. No uh, relevance at all to WBU, but it's fun to do. Uh, Monty Sop has had over fifteen, according to this, and a lot of you out there might be like, "Who is Monty Sop?" Well. Most people would know him by the name he's become more known as, Billy Gunn. Fifteen? Mm-hmm. They're counting Ass Man and Billy Gunn as two different. Yeah, well, and technically because he was Billy Gunn in the Smoking Guns, and that was a different character than Mr. Ass Billy Gunn later. Um, but so Billy Gunn, half of the Smoking Guns, briefly repackaged as Rockabilly. Uh, I forgot about Rockabilly. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he became badass Billy Gunn. And then Chuck and Billy. Mm -hmm. And then technically he would just go to Mr. Ass and then Billy G, then the G-Man, then the one Billy Gunn, um, and then Billy and Chuck. And then he went to TNA uh, and he had to eventually settle under the name Kip James there because he couldn't be Billy Gunn. And then he was the megastar and cute Kip. Uh, and then he wrestled as Kip Sop and Kip Montana and Kip Winchester. Uh, so really enjoyed Kip. And he he might have to be the winner as long as you choose the phrase good in there, because he did have a string of good gimmicks in there and, and much bad. Uh, next on the list is Ed Leslie, who, once again, I don't think ha- even had one good gimmick. <laughs> Brutus the Barber Beefcake doesn't count. <laughs> no, nope. N- neither did the Zodiac, the Man with No Name, the Booty Man, the Disciple. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> they say eighteen verifiable different gimmicks. Or Brutus the Barber Beefcake. And so their number one on this list is Stanley Fraser. 
um, who's a, a little bit out of my um, comfort zone talking about because he was before my time. But uh, he wrestled on um, the the indies or the um, what's the word I'm looking for regional days as the convict, the Pascagoula Plowboy, Giant Rebel, Giant Hillbilly, and Tiny Fraser, all before he even became into uh, WWF. But then he became Uncle Elmer, part of Hillbilly Jim's family. <laughs> um. According to them, they can verify 23 different gimmicks. Big Tex, Congorilla, Ed Younger, Giant Hillbilly Elmer, uh, Kamala 2, the American Giant. <laughs> They're so bad. They're so bad. Take a little bit of time for that to set in on people. They did a white ripoff of Kamala. <laughs> Oh, that makes my head hurt. Um, I, I think that should be a wrestling crime right there. In fact, I am just going to write it right now. We are filing a cold case crime. <laughs> whoever in the WWF decided that doing a white version of Kamala, oh, Kamala. was a good idea. Uh... A bad idea then, and it's an even worse idea now. <laughs> Oh, that makes my head hurt just thinking about it. I can, I can, I can hear Vince right now going, "Oh yeah, that was good S word." Hey, we should think about doing that again. <laughs> can we get Paul White back here and call him Kamala Three? <laughs> yeah, but not only that, they they made him a sequel. They didn't even try. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, he'll just be you know a savage that's white." Nope. 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 Really? And here's the deal is if, if Vince were to ever do it again right now, this short after the actual Kamala's death uh, would be when he would do it to try to capitalize as much on that name recognition. Hey, let's do it now. Uh, Kamala to Kamala. People won't remember that we already did a sequel. Yeah, we'll do it we're again. Just, we're doing a remake of the sequel to Kamala. We'll call it Kamala to Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Anyways, before we get into any more crimes, I'd like to remind everyone that Ron Order WB is part of the Tatnus Co. podcast network. So once you're done listening to this and, of course, liking, sharing, and subscribing, head on over to tatnusco.com and check out the other shows on the network. And so uh, we'll move on to the actual crimes now. And um, my crime's a little silly, so I'll just get it out of the way right now. Um, I am going to throw the entire book the entire book, every crime I can charge at whoever made the nightmare-inducing Photoshop of Jeff Hardy slash Cardi B, calling it Hardy B. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I'm, uh, I'm throwing it up on Twitter, but trust me, you're... you warned me about this crime. I did, but trust me, your eyes are better off not seeing it. And yes, the term throwing it up on Twitter was an intended pun. Um, <laughs> if you guys want to, you can head over to my Twitter at Raw and Order WBU. You can see it, um, but your your dreams will never be the same. Um, you'll be praying for Freddy Krueger to come into your dreams after you want. Look at this. So, um, so I'm throwing the entire book, everything I can, at whoever made this. Um, putting out an APB on him. Uh, oh, and yet. Kudos to their creativity. 
Uh, I don't know if I can even say kudos to it, man. <laughs> I'm gonna have a hard time sleeping tonight after seeing this. It is, it is pure unique. Night- unique is the right word. <laughs> oh, I just pulled it up again. My eyes hurt. <laughs> oh yeah, it's so wrong. It, yet. And then I'm looking it's at it. The laughter as he says. Wrong. It's so wrong. Oh geez, my my eyes are. But I, I it's like a train wreck. You keep looking at it. Okay, let's move on to a different crime so I can stop looking. <laughs> move on to something that might be this a little serious. Like I murder. would say that wrestling Twitter is a good reason for people who are not wrestling fans to be wrestling fans. Because stuff like this happens. Yes. Well, I mean, a perfect example was uh, uh, a couple weeks ago. I think it was a couple weeks ago. I sent both of you guys a picture I'd come across um, where someone had, uh, what was it? I don't even know if it was a Photoshop or if it was actually something that um, uh, Peter Avalon had done. But I think it was a Photoshop. Peter Avalon's face on Ruby Riot's body. Um, and uh, it's kind of nightmare-inducing uh, <laughs> as well. So, oh, Photoshop, God bless it. I got, I got to look at that particular one to see. <laughs> he actually tweeted it out, but it's no, that's him. That is 100% him wearing it. He called it Ruby Quiet. Ruby Quiet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. uh, they deserve respect for things like that, my friends. I will I will go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and say JLB is missing a very, very good episode. <laughs> but uh but so that's that's my crime, my main one there. Um this like I don't know if my brain will ever be the same after seeing that particular mashup. Uh Cardi B and Matt Hardy or Jeff Hardy, you mean? Yeah. I feel like I feel like Jeff Hardy deserves better. Uh it's nightmare inducing. So let's move on to something else. What do you got? Please tell me you've got something that's like, like murder or something that's lighthearted. <laughs> easier for us to deal with. So we're going to go ahead and talk about a particular wrestler by the name of uh, Jimmy Superfly Snooker. No, um, <laughs> just to make this a real podcast. Um, God, you, you had me laughing so much that... Um, I uh, I completely lost my train of thought. Um, I I kind of want you to fantasy book right now out of nowhere, just like <laughs> fantasy book your favorite, your ideal uh, uh, mashup of characters <laughs> because their names are similar. Nope, but... nope. We've got a whole show for fantasy booking. If you're gonna do that, you do it on that show. I'll forget it by Tuesday. Good. <laughs> You think that's not part of my plan? Good. <laughs> Ric Flair on Becky Lynch, the man. <laughs> the woo man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, if every episode was this fun in the or, first 20 minutes. Te- technically, we could do Ric Flair on Nancy <laughs> Benoit. On who? Nancy Benoit. Woo, oh, man. Woo, man. Um, 
I'm gonna do uh, I'm gonna do a small crime like you did, and then we can go into other other types of crimes. Um, I'm gonna go into a crime against my teammates. Uh, one I'll have two here. One against me because I was gonna try and kick off our first ever botch along with JLB, and I got busy on Thursday, and I feel bad. Um, so that crime is against me. It's probably a misdemeanor, uh, but we, uh, we're we going to try and do a botch along minimum of once a month um, where we watch a botched match and do it as a watch along. Um, and uh, JLB and I were going to do it because Smarks does not have as much free time on certain days as, as others do. Um, but again, tomorrow he has way more free time than the other two of us. So um, anyway, so crime against me, we didn't get a botch along watched and I didn't pick out a botch. The crime against my teammates or my uh, fellow podcasters is why haven't you finished Starcade yet so we can do that podcast? Um, it's incredible. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm halfway through it, and it is really, really good, but, you know, I don't know, life. <laughs> so, um, the only the only crime I'll throw at, at Starkade, and we're going to get to that later when we do our Patreon, uh, I, I know you have watched the, the Luger versus Sting match where Luger cheats to win, because that's early in the show. Uh-huh. Um I, I get frustrated because by the end of it, and I think you're far enough in that you know that Luger is is well in the hunt for mm-hmm. um, for the points. By the end of it, before the final match uh, between Sting and Flair, um, Luger's in the lead. Um, and I caught myself being a little frustrated that there wasn't a Vince McMahon-type writing here. Um because it was 1989, I caught myself being frustrated um, that Luger didn't try to interfere in that final match. So I will tell you that Luger doesn't win it. Um, spoiler alert, I guess, for something that's... 30 what? Yeah, 31 years old and Luger doesn't win it. Uh, it comes down to Sting and Flair. I'm just going to leave it at that. You guys can do with that as you want. Um, comes down to Sting and Flair. Um, and Luger doesn't interfere, and I get a little frustrated because both of them kind of had the this knack, this spot that I really felt like. Now, the Steiners not interfering in the final match made sense because they were good guys at the time. Be fair, play fair, you know, type thing uh, in that era. But it was all too common for for the bad guy to be bad, and he didn't have to actually affect the outcome. He could have just come out and tried to affect the outcome and failed. Mm-hmm. So that's where my frustration came in with it a little bit. Um, I know that, you, again, you watched him cheat. He was the heel of heels in this, minus the fact that there was evil Asian great Muda in it. Um, I didn't like that two two different sets of, of people didn't have points and stuff. And, and again, we'll get into that during the Patreon podcast, but this is a little predecessor to it. Um, I feel like heel work wasn't as good back then. A- am I wrong? Like, that's their crime, is heel work wasn't healy enough. I don't, I don't know if it's that it wasn't healy enough, or it's that we've had 30 years since then, to get used to the WWE level heel. of heel 
Yeah. Well, I not mean, even. I have been through Manmark. That's what scares the crap out of me. I don't. I don't even know know if it's necessarily the WWE level of heelness. I just think it's the WWE writing style, for lack of a better term. WWE writes uh, their heels to act in a certain way. And prior to WWE um, and WWF huge control, uh, heels tended to act in a different way. Um, There was... There was a little cheat bit to win less. In your own match, but don't cheat to win overall. Yeah, one. It was a lot of it was just a little bit less continuity overall. You know, it was like uh, your match when you were out there, you were part of the storyline. But when you're not out there, you're not part of the storyline. And and I think that was just in some ways a timing issue. I mean, it, keeping in mind that this was really not all that removed from the regional days you know what i mean the territorial days yeah yeah this um, is really the first year that crockett's was trying to compete mm-hmm. against um uh wwe's subtle takeover two years two years after wrestlemania 3 i think so yeah. 87 for for yep. wrestlemania 83 right. 3 87 or 88 something like that which is really when vince put everybody on notice we we're going to try and take over all of wrestling but but so in the end i think it might just be a time time period that we've just gotten so accustomed to the wwe way of things and i think i think it's actually evident in watching like aew right now because you'll go on to the message boards every week after dynamite and you will see a whole lot of people complaining about the way they did this match the way they finished this match and i think so often, if you take a step back and you look at their complaints, you realize that their complaints really just boil down to they didn't do this the way that WWE has been doing it for 30 years. Um, that it's that that Vince has become that deeply ingrained in wrestling. Mm-hmm. That and and in fairness, for the last 20 years, he was WWE's it. was a, effectively the only. That we saw on the regular basis. Yeah, we had TNA and we had New Japan and we had Ring of Honor, but, but the those were really Control V, Control C, or Control well, yeah. C, Control V. And even more than that, even when they were different, even when they had things like the Pure Champion or Ultimate X, um, their exposure was still limited. They weren't yeah. getting four million people watching it on a Monday night. You know? Yeah. Well, AEW is still not getting four million people watching on a Wednesday. No. But they did break a million oh, a week ago, and this last week they were at almost nine hundred thousand, which was still more than uh, WWE product. I, the same I would venture to guess there's more people watching wrestling now than there was in the nineties. I would just venture to guess that they're not watching it live for the most part. I I would say that probably plays into it. Yeah, a lot of people with DVRs now are watching it later. Uh, with streaming services, watching it later. I would also say that people just in general aren't watching TV like they did back in the 90s. No. Um, no they, I mean, TikTok so, exists. Yeah. We, we, TikTok's a really good example. We prefer right now to get our media in, in small segments rather than a two or three hour show, right? Um, so most of our media, and there's exi- uh, uh, there's always going to be exceptions to this rule. Netflix streaming when you binge watch an entire series in one weekend. Whoa, and, hold on, sorry. I think my washing machine is slightly off balance. It's okay. 
But Netflix Netflix streaming is is an exception to this. But for the most part, you know, we watch we watch a ten minute video on YouTube, and then we go do something else for a bit, and then we come back and watch another ten minute video on YouTube or whatever, right? And so for the most part, people tend to get their media in smaller snippets. And I know that's always funny uh, to say on a podcast that very frequently goes two hours, but but for the most part, even with our podcast. Um, I think our stats kind of show that people tend to start listening and then stop listening and listen again the next day or, you know, so it's like on their commute, they listen to the beginning of it and then they go to work and then they listen to the middle part on their way home and then they go to bed and then next morning they listen, you know. Um, and so I think a two-hour wrestling show on any day of the week is going to get less viewers than the people who actually watch it. And I think you can kind of see that if you go to YouTube, um, AEW Dark is kind of a perfect example of this. If you go to YouTube and you look up the AEW uh, feed, the AEW channel, um, you'll see that they have started doing this where they put out like just individual matches and they get thousands upon thousands of views for individual matches. Um, and if you add them up, and this is you know, talking about like AEW Dark, right? Those are like Santana Ortiz versus Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman got 40,000 views for just that match um, from last week's AEW Dark. And if you go and you find, I'm trying to trying to get down to when they posted AEW Dark last week, um, it got 355,000 views. Um, and so 40,000 people probably didn't watch AEW Dark. They instead just waited until the individual episodes, individual segments were put out and watched it then, right? Sure. And so, you know, we've turned into this this time where, where we just kind of watch what we want to watch and don't. But back in the Jim Crockett era, you know, uh, you watched the whole show. But I think they still kind of broke it down where it's like this is... This is one, this is another. We're not going to have these things intermingle. We didn't have the regular run-ins of the bad guys as often. And No, that's in why... fact, at the beginning of the show, they introduce all of them standing on a platform, like like Healy and, and, and the level of hatred we expect between our two wrestlers, our competing wrestlers, wasn't there at all. Nope, they're just standing, standing out there, posing off. So... And again, I don't want to give up, give too much towards the the actual episode that we have coming. But there is something to be said for what Vince has done for the industry. Maybe. Well, I mean, there's there's no argument that he's had a lasting impact on the way wrestling is done, just in general. Um, but that's why I say when you watch AEW, most of the complaints are just this isn't the way Vince would have done it. And I think so much of that comes down to just how ingrained Vince's way is into our thought process. Um, and yes, we give crap to Vince for doing things crappy, but the simple fact is he's been doing it for 30 years and we're sitting at home twiddling our thumbs and recording a silly podcast. So, you know, I mean, heck, I'd love to write for WWE, but in the end... Vince has his way, and I don't necessarily think my way would match up with his way. So, as much as I'd like to think it does. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
That being said, I will would like to point out that l- not this last week, but a week before, um, when AEW got a million plus viewers and uh, NXT got, I want to say, upper seven hundred thousands. Um, maybe go there. Huh? We're gonna go there. No, here's what I was gonna say. That means that between those two nights, 18, 1.8 million people watched wrestling, right? On Tuesday and Wednesday. 1.8 million. Do you know how many people watched WWE Raw last week? 1.9 million. So the combined so the fans for the most part are watching those two shows together. Yeah. So the 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 combined NXT and AEW had almost the same viewership as the Titan. WWE Raw. And I think that's kind of important to note that, you know, this Wednesday Night War, you and I kind of have both said it. It's not going to happen. WWE is tied to putting NXT against AEW. But I think it would be better for both companies if they put them on different nights, because I think at that point, you would see the viewership for both of them grow to a point that they would potentially both be flagship shows. And the air quotes main roster WWE might be in the back burner. But. I, I think we've already seen that some. I mean, here's the deal. There's a lot of podcasters, and I mean a lot of podcasters, who widely consider these the two best shows in professional wrestling. Who frequently, including ourselves, have said that was better than the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I would agree with you in the fact that you and I have lamented a lot about um continuity in heels and faces in wrestling and um how so often the faces don't come out to rescue other people unrelated to their own feud you know what i mean so it was just it was this was odd this was odd not seeing luger come out and try and win the tournament through just distraction just Hey, congratulations. You got five points because of a count out or I don't remember how the point setup was, but, um, and again, I'm not going to give away that final match. Um, what I am going to say is it just felt like there should have been more heel from the heel of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Better be sting winning. I'm just saying I'll flip a table if it's flair. He's the goat. Why would you be upset about the goat winning? Because I'm a sting fan. And Sting versus Flair are always the that's that's the rivalry of my entire childhood, you know, like Sting versus Flair. Oh, Flair pretends to befriend Sting and then up oh, turns on Sting because Sting is apparently an idiot and never sees it coming. And then oh, now now Flair's a good guy again, and Sting accepts him as a friend again. And then oh oh wait, what happened? Oh yep, that's right, Flair turned on him again. Sting looks like an idiot. Well, there's a moment where Sting does accept the friendship from Flair. I'm not going to go any farther than that. Um, There were no titles on the line, though, in this. That was kind of weird. Yeah, that was kind of the weird setup to this, is that that no titles were on the line. The the stakes were entirely basically bragging rights, which team says they were the winner of the Iron Man tournament. Um, It was was a very interesting setup. I give I'd like to see it again. I really do think a future shock would be kind of cool. I think it works in maybe NXT or AEW. Yeah. Uh, 
hint to AEW, this is something that you guys could pull off. Um, you know, I, I've harped a little bit about this with some teasers uh, on, on uh, oh, what did we just do? F, FBI on Tuesday and then a little bit tonight. Um, there's some stuff to be done back in, to, to be copied, just flat out copied. Um, I think there, there were, and again, I don't want, there, there were some adjustments I would, I would have made today to that show um, in terms of the point system, but as a whole, yeah. Y'all watch it before you listen to our podcast on it because it is mm-hmm. very, very good. Future co- Starcade nine, Starcade eighty nine, Future Shock, no Shockmaster involved. Yes, oddly enough, with that <laughs> name. I mean, it only came like what a year or two before Shockmaster, so. Um. <laughs> So we're going to go ahead and move on to misdemeanors now. And I really only have one misdemeanor, but it's kind of a big one. Um, my misdemeanor is uh, filing charges against Wish.com bootleg wrestling merchandise. Um, and and this is filing charges for another podcast slash YouTube channel. Cultaholic did another video. They did one last year and they did a new one where uh, they ordered a bunch of Wish.com wrestling merchandise memorabilia and uh reviewed it and um go watch the videos they're actually really really entertaining last last year's one and their first one uh he gave uh, a budget of two hundred dollars to the person to buy stuff off wish.com which if you're not familiar with wish.com things on there are stupid cheap but usually have like um kind of a catch like stupid cheap but high shipping um and then the biggest thing is it can take weeks to months for the stuff to arrive because it all comes from china um much like my covid19 mask that i ordered early in, the, in coronavirus came yeah. from china yeah preloaded with probably COVID. the dumbest thing i've ever done <laughs> but um but so this thing it was it was an entertaining uh video to watch but it did kind of break down when one of the things he got was a toothless aggression chris benoit shirt uh 100 bootleg po- very poorly quality printed um but but it's just one of those things where you're like what and that's kind of you know the, so many of these things are just bootlegs um but i mean if you really want to get a uh bootleg hoodie featuring john cena's face on it um you can get one for 10 bucks on wish.com right now um let's see what shipping is that's how they that's how they get the product to you that's what shipping is no i was seeing how much shipping is oh okay maybe you were trying to figure Uh, out standard shipping seven seven to ten dollars so for about 20 bucks you could get um but here's the deal the pictures on this make it look like Hey, that's actually kind of a cool hoodie. I guarantee you, you get this hoodie. It does not look even half as cool. You you start looking at these pictures and you realize that they're really bad photoshops. Um, like, like this is a Roman Reigns hoodie and you look at it and you realize they just took a picture of a hoodie and then put a flat picture of Roman Reigns over the top of it. They didn't try to curve it or anything like that around the edges. They didn't do anything. It's just like a flat picture on there, so... Apparently, you could also get one with um, Cesaro and Jack Swagger as 
team. Because an NXT one, one with Brock Lesnar with his giant penis sword on his chest. Wow! You could have your own penis sword on your chest. That is horrible of you to say. It looks like a penis. Just it saying. Was a tattoo he got because of some depression that he dealt with in his life. Listen, I understand. I was going to whoever... depressed about that because he listens to our podcast. Hey, hey, I I understand and I I applaud him him battling depression but whoever gave him the penis tattoo really should should be depressed and of themselves but there's so many other things like they got a blanket and it was a blanket with um whose whose face was on it it was a really really poorly drawn face i can't even remember what it was it's just so much of the stuff apparently what the bootleggers will sometimes do is they'll just do like a google image search and they'll just find high-resolution images and just steal them and then put them for sale on Wish.com. But um, if you if you ever want to uh, save yourself some money and instead of spay, paying 30 or $40 for official WWE merchandise that comes and looks actually good for you to wear, you could get a $13 Apex Predator shirt off Wish.com and um, be embarrassed to wear it around because it looks like absolute shit. <laughs> I feel like maybe you're speaking from experience. I personally have not gotten one yet, but I've actually debated on starting a a series where I review Wish.com merchandise. Yeah, WWE merchandise. You, I should, get a, you should order their cool pipes. The glass I, ones that look the like glass pipes. Yeah, or the glass glass roses. Um. You, I could get a life-size stand-up of Adam Cole. Bebe. Yeah, Mr. Bebe himself. But here, here's the funny thing is, it's not him in his uh, Undisputed Era. It's his pre-WWE stuff. But it's got the WWE logo at the bottom, so... Because Wish. Yes. So that's, that is my misdemeanor, is... Um, seriously, don't buy the Wish.com bootleg wrestling merch unless you're like 100% can't afford the real stuff and want a crappy looking John Cena shirt. Um, Cause you can get a John Cena shirt for eight bucks on wish.com. Um, and if you order like today, do an advertisement for wish.com. If, if you order today, you might have it in time for WWE's hell in a cell on October 24th or 25th, whatever that is. Might. I have ordered stuff off Wish.com before, just not wrestling. And it does take forever. And it takes for freaking ever. They ordered, apparently, an Undertaker mask, and I I gotta be honest, I never would have guessed it was an Undertaker mask um, if <laughs> just showed up. I'm like, who the hell Isn't is that? Isn't that what Seven Warren WCW? <laughs> Possibly. That's uh, the thing. Wish.com, it makes everything look look really cool the pictures look really cool of it and i guarantee you um i guarantee you you could find a better way to spend 188 dollars on a replica wwe smackdown women's championship title um through more reputable means um and get a nicer looking one so so don't buy from wish.com but if you're gonna buy from wish.com shoot us a picture of what you get (laughs) my dms are open at Raw and Order WBU. Gotta see some of this stuff. So, Oh, for $27, you could get John Cena You Can't See Me dog tags. I have a feeling that that's not a good deal one way or another. 
I have a feeling that uh, I've never been a big Wish.com fan. So my father, who I am blessed enough to say does not listen to this podcast because he doesn't like professional wrestling. I know he's weird. I get it. Anyway, has an addiction to ordering stuff off of Wish.com. Um, I will tell you, the moment I really realized that he had no clue was when he asked me if I could help him get a valuation done for his um, silver dollars he ordered on Wish.com. <laughs> yeah, you see those come up every so often. Or, or uh, gemstones on Wish.com. You can get a pile of gemstones for fourteen ninety-five. Those are not going to be worth anything. Those are going to be stones. Yeah, they're not going to even be worth fourteen ninety-five. I'm telling you that right now. Correct. Um, yeah, there's there's nobody who works for Wish.com who is sitting back with a seventeen seventy-six silver dollar or whatever year silver dollar and saying, "Ooh, this could be worth something." Let's put it up. I'll sell it for 10 bucks with four other ones. But here's the deal. Like I said, if you want to buy a legit boss um, shopping bag for $23 from Wish.com, go ahead and do it. I mean, worst case scenario, it's poor quality and it falls apart. But um, right here, I'm looking at Wish.com and uh, they're selling tooth whitener paste. um, And I'm telling you this right now. Do not buy. That's totally wrong. Tooth whitener paste? Toothpaste? Yes. No, it's tooth whitener. Not toothpaste, but the, the stuff that you put on your teeth and then you just set it on your teeth. You put it on with like a Q-tip and you just leave oh, it on. like the wrong version that you set it and forget it? Yeah. This is, this is don't buy teeth whitener from Wish.com. In fact, I'm going to say this. Don't buy contacts. Don't buy any sort of uh, makeup. Um, or any sort of uh, ingestible or thing that you put in your mouth from Wish.com. I'm telling you right now, if you want to get a cheap Roman Reigns case for your, your iPhone, fine, do Wish.com, but don't buy teeth whitener from Wish.com. That's all I'm saying. I feel like I feel like right now you're you sound um, you sound a little bit like maybe you would be a Trump supporter. Nope. Because it's from China. Yeah. No, it has nothing to do with the fact that it's from China. It's the fact that it's bootleg and probably contains arsenic. (laughs) Not to mention, it also daftly affects an industry that we are passionate about. Um, And I'm not... Take the money from Vince, whatever. But if you're buying, I don't know, Cody Rhodes merch off of Wish.com, you're the worst kind of person. Yes, and then send us a picture of how bad it is. <laughs> we will judge you, but we also want to see how bad these things are. You'd be like, you're a horrible person, and that's a horrible t-shirt. <laughs> Great work. I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't care if you're only paying $1.93 for teeth whitener. Um, don't buy enough Wish. It, that's just... That's what that came up again. I'm scrolling down. Like if you if you want to pay a dollar for a pair of fashion shoes from Wish um, and ruin your feet, I guess that's your prerogative. But don't buy collagen cream for a dollar that's supposed to be made by French snails. Um, first of all, guarantee you it's not yeah, made by French snails. Um, guarantee those snails aren't French if they're even snails. Um, and second of all. I'm pretty sure it's got arsenic in it. 
You're really big on this arsenic thing today. Well, it might have ricin in it, but that's a little bit uh, more extreme. Because yeah, the arsenic's not really going to hurt somebody unless they consume it. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, r- rubbing arsenic-laced face cream on you every night is probably not going to be particularly good for you one way or another. You don't know. Have you tried it? I said probably. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, um, $15 for a five-pack of hand sanitizer shipped in from China? Don't think that's a pretty good deal. I don't at all. No sorry, Bob. You're better off with, you know, whatever hand sanitizer you can find around you. Rubbing alcohol. You're better off with just pure rubbing alcohol. Yeah. Heck, you're better off with Everclear, you know? You talking about the band? Well, yeah, that keeps the germs away, too. Father of mine, tell me where have you been? See, all the germs just left my house. (laughs) This podcast has devolved. Anyways, that's my misdemeanor. Do you have any misdemeanors for this week? This podcast, holy cow, is probably my misdemeanor. No, I I mean, wrestling's been good. Um, Raw is still forgettable, but wrestling's been good. Um, I guess I want to give a misdemeanor mildly to Roman, who really has made SmackDown more watchable. Um, uh, It's tough to say. Here, um, we're, we're going to break into this misdemeanor and do our now weekly What the Fuck Happened on Raw breakdown. <laughs> where where we look back and we try to remember what the fuck what happened, happened on Raw. Um, <laughs> let's see. So the Alexa Bliss storyline, this this is an actual misdemeanor. Um, we we need to get some get to somewhere where her cue to go fiendy is not somebody mentioning the fiend or where she does something different than just suddenly, well, if you're going to say that I should, that, that you're worried about the fiend, I'm just going to perform the sister Abigail on Abigail. Oh my gosh. Did I just do that? Yeah. Yeah. Justin. Uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. I mean, DA fame. Wow. Guilty. Anyway, Okay, that's uh, right. Drew McIntyre had to face off against uh, Keith Lee, um, and Keith Lee might be put in the match at Clash of Champion. Forgot about that. Well, not to sound like Adele, but rumor has it that you like that. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. Rumor has it that they are trying to make Edge versus Orton a world title match at some point. Um at WrestleMania of next year. Um, if that rumor's true, that is a crime. Number one. Number two, um, regardless of what some other podcasters tell you, there's lots of opportunities between now and WrestleMania put, to put the title on one of those two for WrestleMania. There's this little thing they have, little event called Royal Rumble, and then it's followed up by another event called Elimination Chamber, which literally allows you to completely scrap all total, all told storylines and restart at WrestleMania. Actual thing that happens every year. Um, Cesaro and Shinsuke versus the Street Profits, because that's a thing that we cared about. Oh, yeah, um, you're still Yeah, uh, Cedric Alexander versus Ricochet. Rumors have it Ricochet's on his way out of WWE. 
I say rumors because we don't know for certain, but there's a report that has come out that a certain WWE star has decided not to renew his contract when it expires. And uh, Ricochet's contract is likely going to expire sometime around October or November this year. So um, he's the odds-on favorite. Uh, um, Oscar versus Mickey James that ended in a weird way that turns out to be a botched way, but not a botched way, but kind of a botched way. Bobby Lashley versus Eric because Ivar's injured and will probably miss about a year. Ooh, yeah, the whole Tucky, Tucky Otis blow up on SmackDown. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Seth Rollins versus Dominic in a steel cage that featured Rollins turning on uh, Murphy afterwards. That's something. That's a thing. That's a thing with, by the way, right around the corner, Survivor Series, where you would need Rollins to have disciples. Mm-hmm. But no, we're going to do Survivor Series the same failed fucking way we've done it for. Yeah, it's just going to be Raw versus SmackDown. You know, Red versus. With Blue. an XT. Possibly. Um, oh, yeah. Over that. I would kill for a traditional Survivor Series this year and some faction warfare and some alliances. And God, it'd be fantastic. Um, they did more Raw Underground, which I really don't care about anymore. I've got a I've got a beef with Raw Underground. Maybe this will be a misdemeanor for me to talk about a bit. I don't like Raw Underground, and I don't like it. I think <laughs> for a different reason than most people would say. I think the the style of Raw Underground actually devalues the rest of the product. Ooh, go on. I think that the presentation of Raw Underground, um, where these wrestlers come in and they do air quote shoot style wrestling matches. Um, fights with less rules and uh, brutal hits and all of this stuff um, because they're emphasizing how much more real that fight is, it makes it a lot harder to watch a match that's a regular wrestling match with the same suspense and so it brings those down uh, and doesn't really build up the Raw Underground as much. If they did Raw Underground as a totally separate show Maybe it could work, but the fact that I, you, you I think Vince has a fear of that though because of his bodybuilding and his XFL. But XFL, I guess theoretically, after selling it, is a success. Um, he broke even on it. Yeah. In, in the end, it it comes down to the like you you watch a match uh, at Raw Underground where insert wrestler I don't know Kevin Owens or Braun Strowman just absolutely demolishes another guy um and then the next week you're supposed to watch him or later on that same week in Braun Strowman's case you're supposed to watch him in a match on SmackDown where he struggles because I don't know the rules are a little different you know I I think in the end it makes both products look worse rather than making one and yeah, some people will be like, oh, but Raw Underground is more exciting and all this stuff. And I say, that's fine. If you like it, it's more exciting because it's more street fighty like, that's fine. But here's the deal is when you watch Insert Wrestler go down in 30 seconds to Dolph Ziggler um, in Raw Underground, it's going to be really hard for you to ever watch Dolph Ziggler struggle in a 10 minute long match against a wrestler again. 
Um, it's also going to make it hard for you to ever buy the wrestler that went down in 30 seconds in Raw Underground as a viable candidate ever again. So successfully, the two people involved in that Raw Underground match now are worth less in regular matches because they were trying to pop a rating with Raw Underground. That's exactly why. Yeah. They're trying to pop a rating. Yep. So that's 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 my small misdemeanor there. Just because I saw talking about Raw Underground and um Oh yeah, and Kevin Owens beat Aleister Black and in right a match. Uh, in an actual match, yep. And then um McIntyre versus Lee went to no contest because they um couldn't even like make it to the ring and then Retribution came out and then Retribution did a stand down and there's like forty of them again. That's what we forgot happened on Raw. I almost feel like we should have a show. What we forgot happened on Raw. <laughs> Again, it's not so bad that we sit here and go, oh my gosh, this is horrible. Yeah, it's a it's step just, up from bad. It's just forgettable. Yeah. Well, with the exception of, of everything Seth Rollins right now. I mean, he, Mostly here's because the, of Dominic. <laughs> I, I, should, I should qualify that. In, it's not Seth's fault. So Seth it, is making it reasonably watchable. Dominic would make it unwatchable. In some ways, it'd be better to be bad. Uh, to use a, a movie reference, every year a thousand forgettable movies come out. But every once in a while, The Room comes out. Um, a movie so bad that we're still talking about it, and then someone made a movie about the movie. How bad it is. Um, and and so it would almost be better for Raw to be bad right now, because at least then we'd know what was going on and we'd care about it. But as of right now, we don't. It's just bad. Anyways, do you have any more misdemeanors to talk about? Nothing. I got nothing, man. Well, then we'll move on to commendation. Um, and I only really have one, although kind of two. My one main one is a commendation for AEW's parking lot brawl being the first pandemic era five-star Meltzer match. A parking lot brawl got five stars. And it was a great match. Was it a five-star match? I don't know. You'll, you can debate back and forth on that. Um, there's a whole list of four-star matches that some people would argue a parking lot brawl should not be above. But I thought it was an entertaining as hell match. So I'm giving it a commendation. It was a great match from beginning to end. It was brutal. It was basically everything the Adam Cole parking lot mayhem match from NXT TakeOver a couple months ago should have been. Um, but better. But done right. Wow. Harsh to Adam Cole, baby. Uh, I love Adam Cole, baby, but that was a downer match. Again, that was that was writing that was the problem there. Well, this was an example of writing was not the problem, and the match was not a problem. I mean, it featured, at the end, Trent was bloody on his back from uh, multiple backdrops onto car windshields um, that shattered, of course, and glass everywhere. Um and uh, but in the end, the best friends got the win over Santana and Ortiz, and got into Chuck or Trent's mom Sue's minivan, and drove off. Off, and as they drove out, Sue stuck the hand out and gave a single deuce to Santana and Ortiz as they drove away. I love that storyline. <laughs> it's so great. Um, AEW was great. In fact, uh, I will I will give a commendation to uh, Z-Man Brian Zane 
wrestling with regret. He did his Wednesday Warfare uh, rundown, and uh, you know every week he tries to choose a winner between NXT and AEW. And I think I agree with him this week. He gave it a tie. He said both both shows were basically about as perfect as they could be. Um, and there were no real downsides to any of them. You know, if he were Simon Miller giving ups and downs, they would all be ups. So, And that says a lot. Wrestling is getting better. We should we should definitely qualify the fact that we, we dog on a lot of stuff. Um, the storyline is... When you heard the intro, um, there's there's the bookers and the wrestlers, and then there's us who endlessly nitpick. Mm-hmm. And we have to give credit when credit is due. Wrestling is better than it has been for a while, um, but the marquee show should not be forgettable because we're trying to push somebody's kid. Yeah. Um, and I blame Ray there there's something for me to to catch heat over on twitter well if they're gonna give you heat for that they should give it to both of us because it is indeed ray here's the deal is wwe wants to re-sign ray uh they know he's a name that they want to keep around and ray's using that leverage to get dominic a push and and yes uh as a father that's what you do you use every power you can to help your kids out i get it right but along the same lines, this is not setting up Dominic for long-term success. This is a short pop, and then um, he's going to go the way of David Flair. Um, so yeah. instead of setting Dominic up to be the next Charlotte Flair, he's setting him up to be the David Flair. That is a very good analogy. Um, and and think about it. If David Flair had, instead of going straight to WCW, top of the card, getting pushed if he'd have gone to the power plant and worked his way I'm up I'm impressed the that you remembered the name of it. The power plant? I yeah. loved the WCW power plant. I dreamed of going there before I realized that I was going to be fat and out of shape for most of my life. <laughs> Remember Warrior University? <laughs> yeah, it was WWF's uh, version of the power plant. Doing the power plant. Um, <laughs> and then, in many ways, uh, WWE perfected the power plant concept with the performance center so you know power plant lives on just in in the performance center but um but that's the deal if if david flair had spent a couple years at the power plant and worked his way up from the undercard and eventually it might be a different story right now because effectively that's what charlotte flair did charlotte flair went to the performance center and worked her way up into nxt and then worked her way onto the main roster um, and I think that's why we can say Charlotte Flair and with as an honorific, as an example of success for being a second generation wrestler. And we don't say that about David Flair because they went the wrong way with him. And I think that's the same thing they're doing with Dominic right now. For every for every The Rock, there's a Rocky Maivia. And I, and I use the same person because literally this is the same second or third generation wrestler um, as a person the whole time. But sometimes things you, you just can't push a guy just because he's second generation. Randy didn't get a push until he'd gone through OVW and learned and developed and all of that stuff. Now 
he's held the title I think he's fourth on the list behind Flair, Trips, and and Cena. I, remember I think right. so. Yeah, I think so. Uh, two away from Cena, one away from Trips. Two away from Cena and Flair, one away from Trips. Um, and it sounds like he's going to tie Trips. This is in the plans. It's actually in the plans to have him tie Triple H. Um, that's 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 what developing happens. But we also get, I don't know, Carlito. And, and you go, oh, my gosh. You know, what what was done so wrong here? Carlito was good in the ring, even. That was that was a personality defect as a whole. Another example, Curtis Axel. Yes, that's where I was going to go, too. Third generation wrestler. And, and quality in the ring. But yeah. didn't spend enough time in developmental to develop a character to develop a concept and just languished i as much and i'm gonna again i think i'm gonna catch heat here uh, this is another one that's much like the rock early in his career not really that great um fortunately is charismatic as all get out um and even went pretty well for a short while while he was in wwe and now he's in aew um cody rhodes or rose if you want to call him that no, those are two different people. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, the Rose family. <laughs> uh, you know, his early career was not great. Really wasn't. And kind of got an early push because he was Dustin's brother and um, and uh, Dusty's kid. Uh, yes, eventually he made something of himself. Yes, eventually he learned. But he had to go somewhere where somebody had him learn instead of just giving him the stuff. Um I think I think that's the story that is David Flair. I think that's where we're headed with Dominic, unfortunately. Yeah, I kind of agree. Um, and like I said, a lot of it just comes down to pushing him to the top so fast rather than letting him develop into an actual character, an actual something people would want to watch, you know? Yeah, I mean, kudo, again, kudos to Seth. This is my commendation. Kudos to Seth for being quite possibly the best wrestler that WWE has in terms of being able to pull matches out of people. Um, but even Seth has limitations. I think Kenny Omega would have a limitation with Dominic. I really do. He just... What is he, 19? I think he's a little older than that, but he's still pretty young, yeah. There's just so much that needs to be done there. And again, nothing... No, I blame Ray. I blame Ray. I really do. I almost wonder if if this is a if this is a lot closer to David Flair than we think, and De and Dominic doesn't really necessarily even know if he wants to pursue this career. I don't know. It, all reports sound like he really wants to pursue it, but yeah, all that David wanting to pursue it too. So yeah, yep. I don't know. I don't want to dog on the kid because he is just a kid, but. Man, I, I really think he was thrown in way too early. Way, way, way too early. Agreed. So, beloved Rey Mysterio, this is your fault. Yes, it is all your fault, Rey. You just made the list. That's <laughs> so 2018. But, well, on that note, I think we'll probably try to wrap this up because we've gone on tangents and talked and, and, um, and, and did a little bit of everything and 
I don't know. I don't know if we talked a whole lot of wrestling in this wrestling podcast because um, uh, my first crime was on uh, Photoshop, and uh, one of my misdemeanors was on uh, wrestling merchandise. So um, oh, we still talk some wrestling. Remember, we had to remember what happened on Monday. Oh yeah, I remember remembering that. <laughs> I mean, I actually I remember not remembering it, but. I remember not remembering remembering it. Do I remember remembering not remembering it? Now, I, now I'm just confusing trying. myself. Yeah, you're, I'm not. Yeah. I, did I? Do I not remember remembering not to remember it? No. Anyways, uh, make sure to like. Just happened. <laughs> I think I put my brain in a in a shutdown loop. <laughs> like, share, and subscribe. The easiest and absolutely free way to support this podcast is just to share it with your friends whether it's a text message or a tweet or a facebook post or or a tiktok that says uh you know go listen to raw and order wbu as you do some dance uh whatever tiktok's around still so do it um you can also follow us on twitter uh you can follow me at raw and order wbu you can follow da fabe at DA Vincent K. Fabe. Following me is less important than just DMing me about the stuff that I said that was stupid. <laughs> because then, likely, if you tweet at me, Smarks will read it on the air because he will have looked long before I did <laughs> and see that you have commented. Yeah. And you can also follow JLB at whatever his uh, Twitters are at JLB420 is the um, Real Talk Radio 8 is the Real brand Talk. and <laughs> um, Real, Real Talk Radio dot online is the, the is website the website that he doesn't update and, and um, he does he does uh, Big Brother um, reviews, reviews where he talks about a, Apparently he's a big fan of Orson Welles. I... Yeah, yep. You know, Big Brother's watching, so I mean, got to keep him in his place, I guess. I don't know. Anyways, um, you can support us on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/RawAndOrderWBU. You can also find our merch at Shop.Spreadshirt.com/slash/RawAndOrderWBU. Those are all great ways to support us. And and here's the deal: um, putting on a podcast can get expensive. Uh, you know whether you're talking about the equipment that we use to make the podcast, or like whether you're talking you get the about mic there, that was cool. Um, or whether you're talking about just the time and energy that it takes to put out these podcasts. They they cost us uh, money, they cost us time, and um, if you enjoy this, uh, the best way for us to be able to prioritize and put together the money and the time for this, um, and take time off from our day jobs where we schlub around and we do things like sell cars or cell phones, um, uh, the better. So, like I said, like, share, subscribe, support us on Patreon or Spreadshirt. Um, you know, or like I say, just tell your friends about us. It's the simplest thing in the world to spread the word for this. You could also head on over to the um, Apple podcast listing for this and give us five stars there. Uh, that's a great way for getting our channel noticed by other people because the algorithm takes those reviews into heavy consideration. So, um, but we love doing this. Um, and if you enjoy it, you know, find a way to uh, support us in some way, whether it's just a subscribe or a share. That's the best ways to do it. But you can also support us on Patreon or buy some merch. Um, but on that note, uh, we are going to close the book. Thank you for listening. We will see you soon with a visit from the FBI. So Al Gore is known for his rhythm. 